Do you remember the classic Seinfeld episode? Jerry is visiting Boca del Vista, and Morty says, hurry up, We're, we have to go to early bird special. And Jerry looks at his watch and said, who eats at 4.30? And Morty says, don't worry, by the time we get served, it'll be 4.45. Today, about 20% of Florida's population is 65 or older, also known as senior citizens. Gary Mormino is one of them. He's lived there for decades and enjoyed a career teaching history and politics at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg. Well, I was teaching in Florida and I stayed in Florida, so I'm not a perfect example of a retiree. You know, lest re, uh, listeners think I'm I'm uh, spoofing the seniors, first of all, I am a senior. But secondly, I, I am in awe sometimes of studying senior life in Florida. All right, folks. It's time to roll up the tube socks, bust out the fanny pack, stock up on fiber, because we're diving into senior life in the Sunshine State. It's a mirror of America today, retirement in Florida. There are gay senior citizen homes in Florida. There are retirement communities that are Republican and Democratic bastions. It's, it's an upside-down triangle. Historically, you ha societies had lots of kids and very few senior citizens. You have counties in Florida where there are more 75-year-olds and older than 18 and younger. That's astonishing. The city where I grew up was definitely one of those places Gary is talking about, where the old outnumber the young. I grew up in Carl Gables, outside of Miami. And let me tell you, it was overflowing with seniors. Everybody on my block was retired, except my parents. But this wasn't always the case for Carl Gables, or for Florida as a whole. Gary says that for a long time in American history, Florida was younger than the rest of the country and wasn't a very desirable place to be. It was too remote and way too humid. Florida was a place you came in the winter for a few weeks, but no one really took it very seriously because it was so small. On the eve of World War II, on the, on the eve of Pearl Harbor, Florida was the smallest state in the American South. But even before World War II, back in the 1920s, the tide in Florida started to change. The 20s was this magical decade when Florida comes of age. All the qualities we associate with Florida today, it's, it's zaniness. The 20s is Florida makes a tremendous demographic leap. And for the first time in Florida history, the future is going to be tied not to the Panhandle or North Florida, where cotton and the Black Belt had been, but Central and Southern Florida. Orlando, Miami Beach, Palm Beach, Boca Raton, St. Petersburg, eventually Naples will be the future lodestars of Florida. And we know that Social Security started during the New Deal in 1935, really takes off uh, in the 40s, in the 50s. I got to guess that had a lot to do with uh, changing fortunes, if you'll excuse the pun, of elderly people. The, the role of the federal government in shaping 
both Florida and the United States is is extraordinary. You think about it now, Social Security has been so popular. I believe Barry Goldwater was the last presidential candidate to even consider getting rid of Social Security. Now, every politician should know that you don't mess with senior citizens' benefits. But that doesn't mean every city in Florida has been the most welcoming to its older residents. St. Petersburg, where I live, may be the most famous retirement community in America yep. in, in the 20th century. And in 1916, they, the city fathers installed green bitches, this certain color of green. And you, you have these old photographs of thousands of senior citizens reading their newspaper in the morning. The problem with, with this for St. Petersburg is by the 1960s, those senior citizens had become poor. And they, they even called a district around downtown uh, a gerontopolis. And the city fathers wanted a new hip, hipper St. Petersburg, and they removed the green benches in 1967, figuring if we remove the green benches, <laughs> the old folks will move away. And it was a public relations disaster. Besides removing those green benches, did St. Petersburg do anything else in a self-conscious way to change its image? What they might have done is nothing to, to, in, in terms of promoting St. Petersburg uh, as, a, as a senior mecca. Uh, what's, what's interesting about it is also the culture of that life in St. Petersburg, 30s through the 60s, shuffleboard courts, cafeterias, many of the... Seniors had come for the winter. Not not everyone stayed year round, but in that age before air conditioning. Tell me about air conditioning. What difference did that make? If you had been in a southern community before the 1950s, there would have been islands of air conditioning in in the best movie theater in town. If there was a department store in town, but air conditioning was simply too expensive. Almost no individual homes had air conditioning. Yep. And the great breakthrough is the, is the 1950s when the carrier window unit is introduced. It, it was expensive by the relative cost of living in the 50s, but it, it certainly was the, the grand ushering in of this revolution. The first U.S. census to enumerate air conditioning is 1960. And in 1960, only one in five homes in Florida had any air conditioning at all. So 20% is not exactly a revolution. But when the price dropped for window units and more and more units were being installed with uh, whole air conditioning, it took off in the 60s. 60s is really the decade of air conditioning. Well, what were the advertising slogans that lured so many people to the Sunshine State? the senior citizens' communities. And by the way, we had to invent a whole new lexicon to describe this, active retirement community. If someone had told you in 1920, I'm, I'm going to move to an active retirement community, you would have thought they were out of their mind. And this was across Florida, not just in the South, in Naples, uh, Fort Myers. I, I used to deliver newspapers on Sunday mornings. And those papers weighed about six pounds. Yep. And they were hundreds and hundreds of real estate ads for people to move to Florida. <laughs> Cape Coral may be any, the best example here. And Cape Coral gave away homes on the prices right and truth and consequences. <laughs> if they saw you gawking in Miami Beach, 
They'd come up and say, how do you like a free helicopter ride or a plane ride and a steak dinner? They'd fly over Cape Coral, which is in Lee County on the Gulf Coast, and then they'd land and they put the husband and wife in an isolation booth. And they had secret uh, listening devices that, to find out who was holding out. And they'd say, you know, wouldn't you love to retire here in 20 years for this kind of life? Yes, we would, but, uh, you know, all you need, $10 down, $10 down, $10 <laughs> a month. And they said, well, you know, I forgot my checkbook. They had a vault with every blank check company in America, every <laughs> blank uh, bank. Let me ask you about retirees and politics. We know that this is a very big force in Florida politics, probably other states as well by now. How would you sum up the emerging role of the elderly or the retired in Florida politics? They vote early and often. Uh, no, no politician takes them lightly. Uh, they, they punch heavier than their weight. Let's put it this way. I, I think the figure I just saw was this was in the 1990s the senior vote was around 28% and their their numbers were about 17 or 18%. They're much more likely to vote than an 18 to 21 year old. You could make an argument also even though not every retiree is a Republican, but the modern Republican party was built on retirees backs. It began in St. Petersburg in the 1930s. Retirees from the Midwest would come with their Midwestern isolationism. And I think it was the late 30s, St. Petersburg and Pinellas County became a Republican bulwark. And then it, the first modern Republican congressman was elected from St. Petersburg in 1954, uh, Bill Kramer. They helped elect the first Republican governor in Florida in 1966, uh, Claude Kirk. Seniors enjoy the political fray in Florida, and many of them vote also in New York and Florida. They, they just found out that the governor of Vermont was registered voter in Florida. Wow. Well, Gary, you know, besides growing up surrounded by the elderly people, the other thing I remember about growing up in South Florida was, well, Castro and the influx of Cubans to Miami I've never really thought about what happens when those Cubans who came in the 1960s begin to retire. 1959 is one of those watershed years in Florida history. Uh, January 1st, 59, Fidel had taken over and the first exodus begins. Almost all that crowd is, is young or middle-aged kind of classic immigration profiles, except when you're fleeing a communist state, some elderly did come. But if you think about it, those young Cubans who left in 1959, 1965, are now in their 60s and 70s. And the 1965 Immigration Act, a major piece of legislation, the most important piece of legislation since the Immigration Restriction Acts of the 1920s had a revolutionary impact upon Hispanics and Asians coming to America in general, and Florida in particular. Cubans had their own kind of most favorable nation legislation, which helped them particularly bring their grandparents to America. This is unusual in American history. There, there's kind of a golden law. Grandparents don't immigrate. It's the young kids and the sons and daughters who immigrate, but not the grandparents. 
That changed in 1965. So stepping back, how would you say that retirees have shaped Florida over the last 75 years? In, in some ways, Florida is a testing case, is, is a proving ground for the rest of America. The world and America will soon be Florida. Low birth rates, anti-immigration, uh, Florida is, is a test case. No society has ever kind of faced these demographic conditions where you have a superabundance of senior people and relatively few kids. There's not a historical lesson to be learned from the past on this, I think. I mean, it's a mirror of society. I mean, I, if, if there's one theme I, I'd like to leave with, it's is that, you know, you've got Republican, you have Democratic seniors, liberal conservative. You have, you know, gay seniors uh, condos now. So it's, it's a mirror of society. Gary Mormino is professor of history and politics at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg. He's also the author of Land of Sunshine, State of Dreams, a social history of modern Florida. 